0: welcome back to the anxious millennial podcast i'm your one and only host alexandra don't talk about money they say couples who argue about finances don't stay together they say well guess what i'm here to tear that apart for you and lay it all out there my guest on today's episode coach and teacher Stephen finney will help us understand how he in his career mediates and helps couples come together when it comes to that taboo subject again it's back yes money he has a wonderful energy and aura about him that again would be counterintuitive when it comes to someone who's trying to get you to move forward on the sometimes weird ideas we all have about money I took so many deep dives and he fostered so much trust during our our interview and our conversation that I cannot wait for you to hear this interview. So without further ado, welcoming Stephen to the podcast, Stephen, welcome to the Anxious Millennial. How are you doing on this glorious fall day? I'm good. Thanks, Alex. Doing great. So excited. I'm so excited too. And before I move forward, I have to give a huge kudos and thank you to our common friend, Camille Diaz. Thank you so much, Camille, for introducing Stephen and I. So Stephen, we all need to know, must know, what is your word for 2021 and why?
1: Yeah. So I didn't write one down this year. I thought about it and I, I usually do. And I didn't. So I had to look back and think, well, what was the theme of this year? What would it have been? And it has to be consistency. That was my thing this year. I, uh, I'm loving the atomic habits book, um, James clear, and the idea that you just get 1% better every day. And if you can just do that, instead of taking on these giant leaps and bounds over a day or a week, uh, 1% better each day gets you 27 times better than you were after a year. And so I was like, Oh, and I think the number was 27. You have to go back and double check me, but I was like, man, that's great. So this whole year has been about just doing the best right thing every day and getting a little bit better.
0: Oh, that, you know what? I appreciate that so much more than, um, Than having to have that hustle mentality, that unattainable, got to work till you drop kind of mentality. I think we're moving away from that hustle mentality. What's your thought on that? I feel like that's dated at this point.
1: Yeah, there are, in my mind, in my view, there are certain key individuals that, that can and do hustle to death, and they thrive in it, but they are very few. The majority of us do not, and I think it's counterproductive. So when I focus on trying to hustle and burn myself out, I burn out. Uh, and I don't think very many of us at all uh, benefit in that kind of culture and mentality. I think we all benefit by just doing a little bit better than we were because that way we're competing against ourselves and not everyone else. And that's key and super healthy. Because if I'm just better than I was yesterday and focus on me and not, hey, how am I doing versus these other coaches? Then I'm in a better place, I find
0: on that. You mentioned you're a coach, mm-hmm. financial coach specifically. So you're a coach that helps couples grapple with issues on money. That cannot be easy and it must get hella difficult at times even. I mean, Stephen, I have to know what made you go that route for your career?
1: Yeah, I, um, I'm i actually a programmer by trade. I used to be a programmer working on websites and I, I didn't love it. It wasn't my favorite thing. I, um, I realized I was happiest when I could look at someone and see that I benefited them and like be able to look into their eyes and see that I made a difference. And uh, you don't get to do that very often in that field. And so uh, I realized that I actually had a money story and that I was very passionate about it as I was looking for things to do on the side for extra income. Um, so what I, what I realized was that I was really passionate and I'll just quickly tell you my background story. I was 17 in high school. And we actually had a class on personal finance, which is very rare these days. And it lit my world up because I wanted to be able to win with money and not just be, I know that people, sometimes we can drift, especially in our culture of just drifting into personal finance without a whole lot of training. And Mm -hmm. we drift into credit card debt. We drift into some bad decisions. We drift into a car payment that's more expensive than we should be paying. And it's nobody's really fault. It just kind of happens. We just kind of lead into it. And I realized there's another way if I'm intentional and, um, I, even back then I was a family guy and I wanted to take care of my wife and kids one day. I, I knew that I couldn't help them now because I didn't know them, but I knew one day I could. So I tried to save whatever I could for yeah. a house one day. Cause I knew we are eventually a house. And, um, and we just did uh, about a year ago and I've been married for three years now. And I realized that that's something that I could help people with. People could get on the same page with money. And one of the things we did was get on the same page early. I, I asked my wife, please, whatever we do, can we just be on the same page with money? Whatever that is, whatever we want to do, I just want to be on the same page. And, um, and I realize that doesn't happen very often with certain couples and and it's heartbreaking. I want to see more couples do that. So that's how I chose this.
0: It's so um, enlightening to see this come from a man, because typically as, as women are deemed like, "Hun, let let's talk, let's talk and let's talk about this. And, you know where now it's i love that men are feeling that empowerment and and the ease and comfort of wanting to dive into talking about taboo subjects subjects that make us all uncomfortable especially money so yeah. that intentionality i genuinely commend you for
1: thank you i appreciate that I, I i believe i believe as as speaking as a man in a marriage um i end up being happiest when I can take responsibility for what's going on in our marriage and take responsibility for my part of it. And so with that, when we were getting engaged, my part of that was, babe, can we please figure out a way to be on the same page about money? So anyone listening, um, man or woman, really, but if you are if you are getting engaged, I would definitely encourage you to spend some time in saying, please, can we work this out in some way? Uh, And it'll save you a lot over the long run.
0: I appreciate that on such a deep level. I can't, I can't even tell you. I was going to ask you next, actually, what can you speak to about your own relationship with money on a Mm -hmm. personal front outside of the realm of the relationship?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, Naturally, I'm a saver. Uh, You know, there's these dichotomy is most people fall into a saver or a spender category. And sometimes somebody's in the middle, right? And so, and both are good, by the way, we're going to talk about that soon. Um, but I'm a natural saver and that's a, that's a good thing because I can see and plan for the future. I'm good at delayed gratification most of the time. Uh, but that's a double-edged sword too, because the other side of that sword is you can get caught in scarcity mindset and there's not enough. And what if, there yeah. are you know, a lot of what ifs, um, what if the, these five worst case scenarios somehow happen all at once, even though that's statistically very unlikely. Um, so I end up getting too much into defense, not enough offense. Um, and that. That is part of my background of growth and learning to understand and to balance my money strategy in both ways uh, it is very difficult. But, um, but, you know, the end result of just saving every penny you own is that you don't enjoy life now and that 30 years from now, you'll still be trying to save for the future. And I have actually heard of couples where um, husband made a lots and lots of money and could not bring himself to spend it, is too scared. And it hurt the relationship. And so I realized that's a threat and I've got to realize that. It's
0: so. it's interesting when you're dealing with again couples that, you know, they have opposite views on that end. But mm-hmm. you know, there's obviously fear in there. There's yeah. obviously maybe some background trauma that some of us probably haven't really explored. But I love what you said about balance because people either feel like they have to hold on to their money or anything else means you're, you're literally throwing it away. And it's like that black and white where there's no hybrid, there's no middle ground, there's no healthy budgeting. It's either I got to hang on to it completely and anything over and above that is just frivolous. And yeah. <laughs> I'm just throwing it away. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Oh, hundred percent. And I have absolutely had those thoughts before, um, or the thoughts of, um, if I make a mistake with money, then, then I failed or even worse, I'm a failure. You know, mm. it can be tied to identity too, and so um, absolutely, I, I felt that um, you know there's not enough. Have to hold on to everything, but the the issue is that's the feeling that money is not renewable. It is a renewable resource. There are tons of opportunities around us, and um, typically, when I've been faced with hey, I don't feel like there's enough, I just try to play defense, try to cut cut expenses, try to shop around for insurances, try to look at this and this and that. And those are all good things. Those are all very good things because uh, our our lifestyles can get out of control if we're not careful. Great stuff, True. but True. that means I'm not enjoying my life right now. I'm not seeing the opportunities around me um, either. To to one be okay with mistakes because I'm a human being and that's fine. That is a mm. <laughs> I, I'm not wrong for being a human being and making mistakes. It is okay because I learn and get better next time, right? Um, or enjoying my money on something fun right now, you if it's more than I usually do, especially if I've already planned for it. Why would I feel bad about that? Like, you know, there's things like that. Um, spending money on the things that are uh, intentionally something that we enjoy doing, like whatever it is, travel, eating out, we like to eat out and whatever it is, uh, those things are okay. And it's, it's a hard balance to strike, but the balance between the understanding that spending money on things that are not important to me is counterproductive. And then intentionally Mm -hmm. spending money on things that are in line with my values is incredibly important. So there's a balance somewhere and it's hard to find.
0: Oh, okay. Okay. I see what you mean. So the things you do spend money on being in line with your values this Mm -hmm. way, it doesn't feel like you're doing yourself a disservice or you've, I I even love that. She said it was, it's okay. If you feel subjectively, like you've made a bad decision somewhere down the line or shoot, I shouldn't have yeah, whatever, spent money on that, um not viewing it as a quote unquote, fail, but more along the lines of, okay, I, I know better next time, or you know what this time around it happened. Like, I love that there's no inherent black and white because then then, look, we're all gonna be set up for failure. We're yes. all gonna have moments of, I mean, how often are we at a checkout counter? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's that impulse buy, <laughs> which plays on our consumer behavior and i think marketing people know that very well mm-hmm. anybody who's ever let's say in a target yeah. where things are placed is very strategic and yeah. as consumers you know we're vulnerable to that because we go in there with a set of either a grocery list or a set of things we have to we have to get and inherently yeah. <laughs> walking out of a target will result in more than you need so what what do you think also about putting together a list with your partner before you head out anywhere. Is that something you actively do?
1: Yeah. Uh, we definitely try to do that. Sometimes we don't. And so because marketing in stores is meant to get you to spend more money and it gets you to stay longer. And so totally um, the the person in the relationship, I, I am the nerd in the relationship. And so I like the lists. If you can work together and say, you know, I is the nerd will we're responsible for putting the list together. Uh, if you and I can go together or you and I or whoever can go and follow the list, would that be okay? Like getting permission from the other partner to do that and be okay with that is is super is a super great thing because you can stick to it. Maybe you even have a little bit of um, like, hey, one or two items outside the list is fine. Let's just agree on that. You find something in the checkout counter you like, just go for it. It's fine. And you can budget for that. So that way you have a little bit of grace and a little bit of structure. Ah. Um,
0: uh. Love that. So. The grace. Yes. And that amount of flexibility is something I so appreciate. So what do you think, switching gears a little bit and, and touching a little bit more on mental health, yeah. um, what do you think people's relationship like with money in general has to do with either trauma or mental health or things that they've gone through themselves? How do you bring all of your baggage like that into a relationship when it comes to money? I know that's a heavy-handed question, but yeah. from what you've seen, what have you noticed
1: yeah, for sure. There's a lot of good stuff in there. So we all carry around some baggage about something. It's just the nature of being human. Uh, and with money too. We've all made money mistakes, and so we carry around at least a fair bit of shame about something in the past. I think on both sides. I think saver spender. I don't think it matters. So when you're in a relationship, uh, regardless of if you're just getting serious, if you're engaged, if you've been married, if you are getting married soon, um. Bringing those things out into the light and facing the truth together, whatever that is, is scary and incredibly important because bringing things into the light heals them, begins the healing process. So Mm -hmm. with whatever it is, and it could be something you don't, you're not even aware of. It could be a nagging emotion. It could be a nagging shame that doesn't have a name yet. So be aware of that when you're thinking of, of these things that may be triggering you and, and you have a mistake about money and you're beating yourself up about a hundred dollar mistake. Maybe there's something in your past that's actually triggering that emotion, and and the the thing actually triggered the thing before it. If that makes any sense,
0: so nice.
1: it's going to be scary. Get permission from your partner to talk through some things about your past. Talk through your money story. I love how Camille in the podcast said, "Know your money story." I think that's awesome. And actually, I haven't written mine down. I'm going to go write mine down and get it on paper. So I'm going to commit to doing that now that I've said it on the podcast. <laughs> so accountability. Um, yes. <laughs> because there are things in there that maybe you saw your parents go through a lot of scarcity or you saw your parents fight a lot about money or whatever it was. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it could be affecting you and compounding based on the mistakes you've made. Maybe for example, I don't know. Talk through that with your partner and get permission to do it slowly. You don't have to do it all at once. But as you bring those things out into the light, not only do they understand you better and you understand you better, so there's more empathy both ways, but those things start to heal. Um, And obviously, find a counselor and therapist you can talk to that you trust because there's no shame in that whatsoever. I go to a counselor all the time. It's great.
0: Brilliant. Brilliant. There's so many goodies in there that I I want to unpack. That was fantastic. I mean... I even wrote it down as you were talking, bringing things into the light begins the healing process. Mm -hmm. That is, I think one of the most, I I actually had chills when you said that that's so powerful Mm. because it's true. I think a lot of the times we tend to shove things under the rug and think it's going to go away by itself. Things creep back up and nothing more vulnerable and sticky, then the the subject of money will bring something up like trauma. And you're right, depending on how someone was brought up, it really is irrelevant at that point. You know, you're in the together, and I love how you keep saying, you know, talk to your partner and ask permission for for what you need It, it really adds this beautiful, gentle energy about being open and communicating instead of having it being rigid and anyways just so much so so many good things thank you for that that was fantastic um and what are if you can obviously share but without you know going too deep into yeah. who obviously but what are some topics you feel are patterns just in general what do, what are some of the things you've noticed that have come up repeatedly over the years
1: Yeah, there are several. One of the, I say the most common is the, the spender saver split. You know, we get into relationships and we get married with, we don't marry our clone. We marry the people that have got something that we don't sometimes. And we admire that. And we we're attracted to that. And one of those things is someone like you that enjoys their life and is living in the moment and being present because you're having, your experience of life is elevated compared to mine naturally. And so you're enjoying your life at a more high level presently. Uh, and then someone like me, who's more of a saver, I'm able to k- see into the future and see my future selves and how my future selves and my family's future selves could benefit from my work today. So mm-hmm. realize that's a, that's a lot, but just realize both of you, both of you have something critical to bring to the relationship about money. Critical. You need each other. You, mm-hmm. you need each other. And you know that on some level because you married them or you're in a relationship with them. So you kind of see that, but with a, when it comes to money, realize that your your nerd partner that loves numbers and spreadsheets and math and whatever, and Star Trek, I don't know. That's, I'm just talking about myself, <laughs> um, <laughs> lean on them to take care of your future selves because they can see it and they can see them and they're good at that and you're going to need them because one day in retirement, you're going to need to be able to retire. And enjoy your life then. And that's yeah. really important. But other person, for all of you out there that have a partner that is more in the moment, listen to them too. Pay attention to what's important to them. Where do they spend their money now? Where have they spent their money before? Hmm. See see through their eyes how you might be able to enjoy your life more and more presently and be there in the moment with them. Because you will have a higher quality life now while you're saving for the future. So if you are able to lean into each other's strengths, leaning on each other, and a, taking a little bit of sacrifice on your own natural strength,
0: hmm.
1: you're going to be much stronger together
0: than you were going to be a separate. Amazing. And the picture you painted for both parties where, and and you're you're right, you're right. I mean, one living more in the moment, their subjective quality of life and how much you know they're enjoying in the moment but then you know the the other one that has the ability to project and look forward and and you know you painted the picture about what you want to do for your family and taking the good from both Mm -hmm. um such a beautiful partnership and a dance really so that co-creation that allows you to really come together in a partnership and you know that's that's with a really beautiful synergy at the end of the day because you know it's easy to get enveloped by all the differences and all the ways that you clash but i think the way you're angling it as you're saying take the good take the good and come together on the good instead of instead of clashing yeah. on on the stuff you you disagree on yeah. um just yeah. beautiful way to put it um so all this insight all this valuable knowledge all of this amazing pers- perspective did you have a mentor anyone that that sort of helped you foray into into, into who you are.
1: Mm, yeah. Yeah. I've had several teachers that I've loved and paid attention to, but I have to say my mentor is going to be my grandpa. So my grandpa, his name was Larry. Um, he passed away uh, when I was eight years old, but before he did, he always took me on a. Um, the, he was Paw, right? That was his name. And so he was Paw Day. So I had a special day just for me and him. And we would go into the store with him. He ran the meat department at a local supermarket. And um, hardworking guy. So mm-hmm. he brought me in to to work, quote unquote. You know, he'd give me a little apron and and help me sweep the floor and teach me to do this or that uh, around the store. And he, he paid me a ridiculous amount for a seven-year-old, you know? And so, but he taught me that, he taught me two things through his example. One was that giving is better than receiving and Mm -hmm. being kind and loving people is super important because I saw him take care of other people and customers and me for, for working, quote unquote. And two, he taught me when you work, you get paid. You work hard, you get rewarded for that. And so Mm -hmm. I think. Talking about my, if you want to call it my root system and my family tree, drawing that down, that is the biggest example that I can find. And so I, I've got to label him my mentor. So um, he's up there in heaven somewhere. He's listening to me. So love you if he's up there. Oh my god, Listening to me that,
0: now. Before I get emotional, that was that was beautiful. He absolutely, and, and he must be so proud because what you're doing is you're helping people come together um, and bond over something that's so difficult for so many. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is... Stephen between you and I the, the topic of money is not one that many people feel brave enough to to especially even on on the relationship subject that's like a two <laughs> that's like a double prong um fight that is that is something and that you're willing to tackle those two together is uh is something to be proud of yeah. so i think uh i think grandpa Larry is up there um smiling quite a bit And um, I, I need to know moving forward, you know, looking ahead at, gosh, there's only a few months left of this yet another crazy year, but what are you most excited for going forward?
1: Yeah, I'm, my vision going forward is being able to see those couples understanding themselves better, each other better, um, starting to see them putting each other first in a healthy way. And then my, my biggest vision that I'm super excited about is not even just for us as couples, even though that's very important, but seeing our children down the line change because of our work today, even if you don't have children yet, you know, you're, you're, Mm -hmm. we are impacting our children and their children by what we're doing now. And the proof is my grandpa, like I just said. So that's what I'm most excited for is our generations two and three down the line that are going to benefit from our work.
0: I love that optimism. Everyone, please go find Steven. Steven, where can everybody find you? you know, social handles, tell us where everybody can check you out.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, website is uh, finnyfinancial.com and it's F-I-N-N-E-Y financial.com. And then on Instagram at finnyfinancial, I do IG live videos. So you can check me out there.
0: So exciting. Thank you so much for taking such a deep dive on on really difficult topics. But I just have to say, um, audience, everyone listening, that Steven has this incredible energy that sort of really calms you down because you... You come into it, you're thinking, relationships, money, this is going to be tough. And then Stephen's aura takes over and then you feel immediately at ease. So it's some kind of, I don't know, God-given gift, talents, you know. So thank you so much for your really calming, calming presence and for being on the podcast today. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you. You're a wonderful host. I appreciate all of your time and effort
0: today too. Thank you. Come back whenever you want. Awesome. Love to you. Special thank you to Stephen for such a light and gentle conversation around a really difficult topic. And he just navigated that like a pro. So, Stephen, thank you so much again. I'd love to finish the episode with a quote, and I do not know who it is. So, I'm so sorry I can't credit anyone, but here it goes The day you plant the seed is not the day you eat the fruit. Now, whether that is an investment, on a financial front for your future, an investment in your mental health, an investment in your relationship. Just remember, it takes time. Communicate, be kind to yourselves. And to my listeners, always so grateful for you all. Thank you for the support. It's always so heartwarming. And until the next time, take good care. Bye.